Hi, this is Tim Wright, and I want to welcome you to our very first podcast, Searching for Tom Sawyer. And we're going to use this podcast to talk about a lot of different things, particularly when it comes to our boys and our girls and how to call them to be men and women who follow Jesus. And thought that for this first podcast, we'd use it as an introductory experience uh, to kind of give you uh, some insights into what I'm thinking, how I began to think about these issues, particularly when it comes to boys, which is my main focus. And so to do that, I've asked my sister Lori to interview me a little bit, ask a few questions, and then each podcast after that, we'll talk about some things that are important, or I'll interview some of my friends to talk about some of the things that they're doing in the area of boys and girls and spirituality and growing in their lives as men and women. So this is my sister Lori. Take it away. Okay, the first question, um, people probably want to know how you got interested in the subject of boys and um bringing them into strong manhood. So how did that all come about to begin with? Well, we started a church almost 10 years ago. Uh, I was a pastor at a large Lutheran mega church for 22 years, and then they planted this new church. So early on, uh, as I was thinking about the new church, I came across a book by David Merle called Why Men Hate Going to Church. And it was re really eye-opening. Uh, I realized that we were going to be doing a number of things and we we're already doing a number of things that were a real turnoff for men. So as I delved into his book, I sent him an email and brought him over to our church to do a conference. And on Sunday morning, he preached and he preached for eight minutes and he held raw eggs in his hand. And as he would talk, he dropped the eggs in the floor. And when he was done, he said, in the last eight minutes, this many boys, I think it was five, have left the Christian church. And that really got my attention. So I started doing as much research as I could about boys, and then it led to girls as well. Uh, and that led me to Michael Gurian, who has written several New York Times bestselling books, including The, uh, the Wonder of Boys, The Mind of Boys, and The Purpose of Boys. He uses brain science research. He uses best practices to help teachers and educators better educate boys, which then helps girls as well, in part because our boys have fallen behind in every area of education. So as I was reading his stuff, I, I sent him an email and I asked if he might be interested in helping us do in the church for our discipleship programs what he was doing for teachers in the education marketplace. Had no idea if he'd even write me back. He wrote back the next day. And that was about eight years ago, and we've become very, very good friends since that time. We did a couple projects together. We wrote a rite of passage program for boys. We wrote a rite of passage program for girls. Um, and we used uh, Michael's expertise in brain science research. We used um, some of the stuff from his book, Purpose of Boys. Uh, I used my uh, learnings as a pastor and biblical experiences and put all that together. And, um, and then out of that came my book, Searching for Tom Sawyer. And um, since that time, I've just been learning as much as I possibly can about particularly how God has wired boys to experience life, how God has wired boys to learn and to express their faith, to express their lives. You think boys are in crisis right now in the 21st century. What, what are some of the reasons that you think they're in crisis right now? Well, just to give you a few statistics, uh, about 70% of all D's and F's go to boys. Wow. 85% of all Ritalin or Ritalin-type medications prescribed in the world are prescribed to boys in the United States of America. Um, boys have fallen behind in every level of education. The average reading skills of a 17-year-old boy are worse today than they were 20 years ago. 
Uh, girls more than boys are graduating from college. And so almost from preschool on, boys are at a disadvantage in school, in part because we have, uh, out, of the, out of really compelling reasons, we, we tried to fix the education system to get our girls caught up. But what's happened is we teach really well now to a girl brain, but we don't teach well to a boy brain. And so boys have fallen behind. And in fact, now young adult girls or young adult women are actually making more than young adult men, which makes sense because they're getting more degrees than men. Right. They're graduating from college more than men. Uh, and the same is true in the church. 70 to 90% of all boys will leave the Christian church and most won't come back. So when you put all of those stats together with a whole bunch more stuff, it's evident that boys are really in crisis mode in the 21st century. Wow. Um, how are boys different from girls, like in learning and in growing up and everything? How are they? How is there a difference there? Well, there are a lot of things that we could look at, but I'll give you one word, and that word is testosterone. <laughs> Um, the primary shaper of a boy is testosterone. So that means that um, he is an action-oriented... Oh, my wife just walked in the door. Yeah. Uh, that means he's an action-oriented person. He is not very good at sitting still. He wants movement. He learns through movement. He bonds through movement. And um, he is not as verbally equipped as a girl is. So when we try to force boys to read at too young an age then they get turned off to reading, and, and that can start in preschool and go for the rest of their lives. So a boy brain is about a year and a half behind a girl brain in preschool. Wow. So we're trying to get boys reading at ages four and five when their brains are really at two and three, and it just sets them up for a lot of frustration. So their brains don't read as, uh, or don't, aren't wired as well for um, those kinds of experiences, and because of testosterone, they don't sit well in a sit and verbal emoting experience. Um, I've read somewhere it can take a, a man or a boy anywhere from 30 minutes to 24 hours to answer the question, how are you feeling? Because he can't, he, his brain doesn't process emotions and reason at the same time like a woman's does. Mm -hmm. So women are using both sides of the brain at the same time a guy is using one side of the brain. So that's just a brief overview, a lot more in my book, Searching for Tom Sawyer. So why do you say the church is lost when it comes to reaching boys? Because we're not reaching them. And uh, <clears throat> if, if we continue down the path we're on, where the average church today is made up of 60% female, 40% male, and that's even being generous. If we continue this trend in a generation from now, we're not going to have any boys or men left in the church. So if we don't do something radically different in terms of talking about Jesus in language that boys get, and that, move, that means moving from relational language to action language, for one thing, um, the church could be in deep, deep trouble just a generation from now. Huh. So how can parents encourage their church to be more boy-friendly? Well, one great way, of course, is to buy my book for their pastor. <laughs> um, but it's to, it really is to start reading. Read Michael Gurian's book. Mm -hmm. Read my book. Uh, there's a great book by Michael Gurian and Greg Jantz called Raising Boys by Design. Uh, read those kinds of books. Become familiar with the topic of boys, why they're falling behind. Um, do Google searches on the issue. Get as much information as you possibly can. And then go to your pastor. Go to your youth leader and say, we know you care about this. Here's what we're learning. What can we do together to change our church to make it more boy friendly. 
And um, we don't really have time in this podcast to talk about it, but in my book and in other books as well, like David Murrow's book, great information on how to begin to speak to guys and to boys about Jesus in ways that will be compelling for them. What can churches do more um, effectively to call boys into heroic manhood? Well, um, again, I think what we need to do, first of all, is we need to call men to mentor boys. Um, Boys need men to become men. And that's not a knock on single moms, but only a man can build a boy into a man. And so churches have this great resource of a lot of men who really don't have a real purpose in life. And one of the great purposes of a man is to mentor the next generation of young men. So to train and equip guys to mentor the boys in the church, both boys with dads and without dads, Um, to begin to speak more action-oriented language. Jesus never said, I want to have a personal relationship with you. Jesus said, follow me. Boys understand that language. Uh, I've got a son who follows fantasy football leagues. And to follow means he knows everything about it. And uh, to follow Jesus for boys means that they're going to know everything about Jesus and it's going to shape their lives. So it's using language they understand. It's um, using a lot of visuals in the way that they communicate because boys learn visually better than verbally. Um, It's watching the kind of music that we use to move away from the top 40 love songs to Jesus uh, to lyrics that um, really are are more psalm-based. A mighty fortress is our God. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a God you can trust. This is a God of strength and power. Uh, so all of those things together begin to create an atmosphere where it says to boys and to men, we're welcome here. This isn't just for girls. Um, what um, what are some of the more important themes or concepts that capture a boy's imagination? Superheroes. Boys were created to be superheroes. Um, testosterone, I call testosterone the fuel of superheroes uh, because it's action-oriented. Um, it's, it's testosterone that energizes a guy to change the world and take great risks to save the world. So guys were created to save the world. And um, when we create these sort of passive churches where uh, all we're doing is just kind of loving each other and it's kumbaya and it's all peaceful and there's no world to change, guys are going to check out because they were created to change the world. So we've got to find ways to harness the testosterone of boys harness their gifts and talents and set them down a path where they see that they were created for a purpose and that was to change the world however God's going to have them do that. So the biggest thing we can do is to give our boys and our men a vision that's world changing. To be a dad who changes his family, to be a, a, a husband who pours himself into his wife and his mission is to love her the way that Christ loves the church. Uh, for little boys to see that without boys in the world, the world cannot possibly be the world God wants it to be. So we need to give boys a big vision that they're called to create uh, to uh, save the world and they've been given the superhero power to do that. Um, and then the last question, where does the vision of reaching boys begin in a church? Uh, I'm going to say it has to start with the pastor. He may not be the first person to get it, He may be nudged into it by his uh, parishioners, by moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas or educators. But most churches, in fact, I'd say this, all churches are built around leadership. God never launched a movement by a committee. There's always a leader. And the same is true in the church. If, 
if anything's going to get done in the church, the pastor has to lead the charge. doesn't mean he does everything or she does everything. What it does mean is that the pastor is the voice and the advocate for that vision and mission, the driving force for it, and then he or she empowers the people to make it happen. But if the pastor's not on board, it's not going anywhere. Okay. Well, that's the, that's the last question. Well, I do have one question of my own. Are you are you finding like in seminaries and things because of the drop in in education for boys and things like that that there's less guys going to seminary and That's things a great and question. more I, women? I just talked to a uh, professor who was a professor when I was in seminary who is now the uh, president of uh, one of our Lutheran seminaries. I asked him that question because he sat in on one of my seminars. And he said that at this point it's about 50-50. Okay. Which is actually a little surprising to me. Um, I'm guessing that in some of our other mainline churches um, that um, it's beginning to skew more women. And my sense is it's going to skew more women um, for two reasons. One, we have less and less guys going to church. So less and less guys are going to feel the call to go into ministry. And secondly, um, our education system, including seminaries, still have a more female brain friendly education system and um we're all trained i was trained to be verbal i mm -hmm. was trained to be emotive uh pastors is about caring for people and and all of those things that we tend to identify with more female characteristics that come from oxytocin and estrogen bonding chemicals we weren't taught in seminary to do bold daring reckless stuff we weren't taught in seminary to empower men to change the world uh, we weren't even given that kind of language mm -hmm. so if we continue to persist in more relational ministry rather than missional save the world ministry, um, we will increasingly see more and more female pastors than male pastors. Having said that, I found that there are some women out there, female pastors, who are doing a bang up job reaching men. And that there are a number of male pastors who don't have a clue about how to reach guys. Well. Um, and um, so for me, it's not so much can female pastors reach men. Yes, they can if they do certain things. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of male pastors who, because they have so many female parishioners, they don't realize they're not reaching guys. Right. And um, if there's a male pastor out there, he may not care about football, but you better know something about football mm -hmm. or you're not going to reach guys. So uh, it's an interesting question, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in the uh, next few weeks and months and years to come. So thank you, Lori. That's my Thank final. you, our, our, our uh, engineer, Jake. <laughs> He's the man. And uh, enjoy the post. Please pass it along to your friends here, this podcast. And we'll come back at you again in uh, several days, weeks, months. Who knows? <laughs> Have a great day. Bye. For more information about what we're doing with boys and girls, our Rites of Passage program, or my book, Searching for Tom Sawyer, you can go to www.timwrightministries.org. That's Tim Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, timwrightministries.org.